All right. So let's see. We are at 257. Yeah. Why do you keep doing math, though? I'm, I'm not. I'm just trying to make sure that I got the right number for the week because it's been 257 now. This is the 257th Yeah, I, I get it. You do realize this is cinema psyops, not cinema arithmetic, right? <laughs> Part of the psyop is stressing you out by spitting by, numbers at you and making by, by you feel doing, uncomfortable. By doing math? How fucking dare you? You are a sadist in the highest order. I mean, it could be a lot worse. I could, you know not let you watch movies with julie strain in it that's true is is julie strain the one um who's like blue yeah she played blue steel in this one yes is, is she gonna be in other ones because it really looked like things didn't go well for blue at the end uh that doesn't matter in a sedaris film does it no you're right actually it really doesn't so never fucking mind <laughs> right she'll she be, could be she'll be a whole new character part of the real team you know Exactly. And that's what I'm really, really looking forward to. But what's really exciting is Julie Strain, Donna Spears, Roberta Vasquez, and Edie, played by Christia Broomhall, all in the same movie. Yeah. I mean, this is something here. It's more than something, Matt. It's fit to kill. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I see what you did. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperate for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that a cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcasting. Cinema Psyops. With Court and Matt. To the 257th consecutive week, that is the non-gendering, non-sexualizing term of Cinema PsyOps. That's 257 consecutive weeks of bi-curiosity on both the co-hosts' parts. I'm your main host, Court. I'm the guy who keeps all of the shit up and running and calling in from his very cushy bunker shelf is Matt. God, stop saying numbers. You know what it does to me. (laughs) How's it going, man? I mean, I've had worse days or weeks or months, but definitely not worse years. 
Yeah, no, this year's been pretty much the shits, man. Oh, if I could only have, say, 2014 Court back, where the biggest thing he had to worry about at that particular time was being sick sitting through a Godzilla movie from yeah, a right. summer allergy, because it wasn't yeah. a full-fledged cold. Right. Now, one what? way or another, the world is fucking ending. One way or another, whether it be the fast track with the pandemic or the slow track with the climate change, it's all said and done. Yeah, it's, you know, or, you know, aliens will eventually land and they'll end all this shit or the Yellowstone volcano will explode. Either way, we all fucked. Royally so. And yet, for the 257th consecutive week, we're trying to distract you from all of this. We bring you boobies. More important than just boobies, we bring Julie Strain, and Miss Strain will win you over because, as she has stated, she's six foot one and worth the climb, and she's got a whole big old personality ready just to light your day up. She does something for me. I don't want anybody to think like that's that's not the case because she's kind of fits the bill of of something I enjoy. What I mainly mean is like there's still just this softest spot for Edie. That's just kind (laughs) of oh, I got bad news for you. I think this what? might be Cynthia's last film in the Sedaris flicks. I think we're we're out of Cynthia. I was wondering, you know, I, I, I was wondering when it was her time to leave. So, yeah. oh, well, I've enjoyed it for as long as I had it. Yeah, well, either way, we're, you know, we're, we're fixing to have a good time. Because if this other lady has, is showing up a lot more, then um, everything's just fine. Yeah, Julie Strain definitely brings everything up a notch in my estimation. And I'm not going to even bother trying to hide my pure, unadulterated adolescent love for her. Because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Julie Strain came into my life at the exact right time that I needed someone like Julie Strain to enter my life. Yes, yes. Kind of like how some guys and even gals that are into gals, our age or around our age group, were huge into Xena Warrior Princess. Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless, right. You know, as many people our age, both male and female, that are into females, started digging on Lucy Lawless hardcore around this time as well. she's She's kind of a symbol of that kind of, you know, liking. You know, yeah, Amazonian, which is usually yeah. used as a negative term for a large or framed woman or taller, more yeah. more robust type woman. The idea is sort of like uh, what Dermon was all about with uh, Lady Brianna, where he's like, that's a whole lot of woman. And he's yeah, just like yeah, totally yeah. in love with the fact no, that, that lady she's, was Amazonian. <laughs> what, right. Like totally in love with the fact that she is a very powerful, dynamic being that could take you out. And yet yeah. you're still romantically inclined to try. You that's know, why, that's why I love my wife. She could literally take me out. But <laughs> she's also shorter than you. It's just you're that big of a pansy. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, also, you know, my wife's a tough woman, so you have to be to be married to me. Well, the fact that you get off on being constantly dressed down and yelled at for everything you fuck up on doesn't hurt your marriage at all. Number one, don't you dare kink shame me. You understand? (laughs) That wasn't kink shaming. I'm just stating fact that you have said on this show. I just I get a feeling like you're kink shaming me. That's all I'm saying. Look, I'm not judging you for the type of dynamic that you and your wife have going. I'm judging you from trying to extend that to everybody else so that you can have your kink played out in the rest of the world to have people dress you down all the time. Uh, it works for me, so we're fine. <laughs> See, even me just trying to talk to you on this level and like it, explain it to you is still working for you. So it's yeah. It's null and void. Because you can't just explain things. You have to do it in an asshole tone. So I'm just saying. 
Well, let's rephrase that. I can't just explain things to you. There you go, yeah. I have to use an <laughs> asshole tone with you because that's the only way I can get you to listen. Yeah, and also now I have an erection, so thanks. Well, it's <laughs> perfect for us to talk about Fit to Kill because the minute this hit my Blu-ray player, I've suffered from priaprism of the highest degree. <laughs> that's a priaprism. <laughs> it's damn near painful and it has not gone away. Uh, enjoy it while you have it. Well, I got a lot of testosterone. Mine's going to stick around for a while. Yeah. Same here. Let's do it. <laughs> well, while we have this suffering of priaprism, let's play the Legion GoFundMe promo to help other folks that are actually in need. We'll have a little bit of music that will sort of fit with the feel to fit to kill. And when we come back, we will have the trailer. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time. And when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand scale take a penny, leave a penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events, and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at legionpodcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. robot to that in your big city nights right man i was uh i was feeling good about that i was grooving <laughs> i don't know how i was feeling about it i was just more or less you know ready to call it quits because the song was running out it felt like you and i should be in sport coats and wearing sandals without socks and a convertible in miami someplace yeah that's not gonna happen for multiple reasons right now Well, yeah yeah i mean i know i'm just saying the only thing there is in fact time format is this trailer Kill at Andy Sedarisville. Mix one fabulous diamond with one international jewel thief, and you're fit to kill. I want to give this diamond to the Russian people in their hour of freedom. The diamond's been stolen! 
from a museum in Leningrad to the casinos in Las Vegas to the shores of Hawaii. It's babes, bombs, and bullets. It's the sexiest scheme on the screen since James Bond discovered pussy galore. It's actually quite brilliant. Hold on to your seat. Danger never looks so good. You don't know what you're missing. To Kill, an Andy Sedaris film starring Donna Spear, Roberta Vasquez, Penthouse Pet of the Year, Julie Strain, Bruce Penhall, and R.J. Morris Kane with Ava Cadell, drive-in movie critic's breast, actress of the year. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Fit to kill. So we start out with Donna and Nicole. They're at a waterfall. So I mean, it's a hell of a way to start a movie already. The bikinis are nice. The yeah. lighting is excellent. Um, I don't always need nudity. Sometimes, you know, what we got going on is just good here. But they're also doing like some serious right before the nudity starts happening in a Playboy type photo shoot for the Playmates. If you know what I'm talking about, yeah, I know you. No, seen yeah, those. it's very photo Playboy shooty type things. Yeah, right where they're posing and they're moving around in the waterfall yeah. and they're about to start disrobing and it's going to be all on video and they're going to pretend like they don't see the camera as they thrust their hair into the air all soaked and throwing water everywhere and the droplets run down their neck and their breasts. I mean, I haven't seen a ton of these videos that know exactly what's going to happen or anything. Yeah, but yeah, Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we see someone with a gun is watching them, though. And then this alert like thing starts going off on one of their belts. So they get dressed and we get like a whole lot of searching. And uh, then we see um, it's a paintball match against Bruce and Shane. And the boys are really starting to suck at it. Uh, both the girls take the two boys out with uh, ease. They do a decent enough job showing them running around in, you know, hiding out and just waiting yeah. for the opportune time. But you don't know what's going on because you don't know if it's going to be, you know, if this is real or fake. Right. They do an excellent job of setting it up to make it feel like it's real. And then when one of them gets shot and then they just all of a sudden turn it into a paintball as it hits for the bullet hit, I was like, hey, wait a minute. And then I started thinking, I'm like, yeah, both the ladies are in cowboy boots and a, you know, like two very camouflage tank toppy outfits that look exactly like their regular roaming around when they dress in black agent type outfits with cowboy boots. True. And yeah, I'm, that's... I'm, and the guys are all dressed up in like, you know, actual fatigues and like actual combat boots and things that would work. Well, it's, much, it's much like video game and what people have to, you know, what the characters wear in video games, you know? Uh, the female characters are put in like chain link bikinis. <laughs> it's like, here's your shielding. Right. They're given a thong made out of chains. Yeah. And then like these pasties that have a chain going between them. And somehow that gives them plus 30, you know, armor. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, everyone's like, the guys go to do some target practice, and the ladies are just kind of hanging out, uh, gallivanting around, and this little remote control helicopter, so remote control stuff is back, uh, after taking a break the last movie. It's pretty Shows heavy up. in this one, too. Yeah, heavily, yeah. And it starts attacking the ladies, and then they run, and then the guys are doing the target practice, and of course, Shane sucks at trying to shoot anything. And the helicopter blows up the target practice. So everyone runs, and we see it's Lucas and another guy doing it, controlling the helicopter. Well, he calls both the teams in, and he shames them, and that's our first clip. What is going on? 
You're supposed to be alert at all times. The games aren't over until I give the command. This is the protocol. This is not new. Just because you two nailed Bruce and Shane doesn't mean the exercise is complete. You're both in a relaxed attitude. You behave that way in the field and you're dead. If you don't treat this exercise seriously, you're wasting my time and yours. Do you read me? Yes, sir. Nicole? Yes, sir. So this is what you attacked us with. I'll let Dr. Emerson tell you about it. This scale model helicopter is our latest lethal weapon. It could have easily eliminated all of you. It has a great deal of firepower. It can carry four rockets, many times more powerful than the ones we used in today's war games. And better still, it has a camera installed in its nose cone right here. The picture is transmitted to a video monitor so the ground operator can see exactly where the copter is going. The controls are here. Emerson will brief you in their operation. After that, get cleaned up and meet me at KSXY Studio. Dismissed. Now we uh, cut back. It's radio broadcast time with Ava and the rest. And we have, of course, a new topless lady getting coffee for Ava. You have to have a new one every movie, I'm assuming. I didn't even realize that was a new lady. I'm like, oh, she's back. Yeah. Here's the topless yeah, well, uh, coffee uh, assistant. Smaller, smaller breasticles than the last one. <laughs> the, the last one had those really inflated ones. <laughs> So then we cut to Kane, and he's getting a model show from our double agent, Silk. Uh, Then we cut back, and we see Julie Strain. Her name is Blue, we find out. But she's doing a whole bunch of yoga, lots of stretching. She's topless through most of this, and she's working with her gun. Well, the best part about this yoga routine thing that she's doing is she's in like this really skimpy sort of crisscross type bathing suits where they wrap around, but they cover absolutely nothing. But they technically count as a full bathing suit, even though it's not really a full bathing suit. Uh, She's wearing one of those, and white, majestically so, and performing some rather intricate yoga pieces here and there that i'm sure that even ddp would be okay with yeah i'm pretty sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh looking amazing while doing it backlit with the beach and all of that other stuff like the sun coming across her skin and glistening and this is damn near softcore pornography i'm waiting for the music to kick in while she also starts hopping in a pool and throwing the water around with her hair and all of that kind of stuff that you would see in those types of playboy movie things but no they're they're doing this for your entertainment then she holds up a gun then she pops her top and then she starts doing all of these like exercises with her gun while topless yeah and if you ever needed a reason to ever fall in love with julie strain this scene should do it for you this this could be it yeah if it's not you're already dead yeah exactly or you're just not Uh, into women so now we see kane and silk uh they're uh hitting the sheets and blue but she's infiltrated the building and then she sneaks in right behind the kind of kane's bodyguard slash captain of his boat uh delivering room service she sneaks in did you did you recognize that guy the bearded dude yeah i've seen him a lot i I know he's from bachelor party because he's from one of my favorite scenes of bachelor party at the chippendales place (laughs) that's funny that you mentioned that he's also the asshole chauffeur dude that was fucking everybody and blackmailing them with the fuck tapes that's right in malibu express yeah 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 that's right he was god damn that guy what an asshole. Yeah, he showed up uh, in a couple of the other films playing a bad guy as well. He's been working with this Kane guy. He's been in the guy. last two yeah. now with Kane. Yeah, right. as his kind of his right-hand man. Um, yeah. I've got to talk about Julie Strain's like sort of bondage uh outfit that's like a bikini. Like the front of it's all metal and it's got chains and stuff and then it goes into a, a sort of G-string. You think that a lot of sound when you're trying to sneak. Right, and then the chains like that go across her chest that make like this sort of like bra thing that goes across this black jumpsuit. I'm sure it's going to diminish 
diminish the stealth, but given what I know about video games, that should add about a 40 or 50 to her armor, just having that one, like, cod piece of And really, metal. all she needs is to put it, like, hide underneath a box. She'll be fine. <laughs> We've already established this, yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, she actually gets the drop on Kane and shoots him, but he was wearing a vest, and the right-hand man and Silk show up with guns, and they take her prisoner. So, we then cut to a team meeting, and then after that, Kane and Blue having dinner. All of that is our next clip. A very wealthy and powerful Chinese businessman by the name of Harris Chang is giving a party at his house on Maui in two days' time. Mr. Chang has an extremely important announcement to make. The event will have global implications. Mikhail Petrov, a diplomat from the Commonwealth of Independent States and his assistant, are arriving in Honolulu on an Air Force jet now. Tomorrow they fly to Maui on a commuter flight. Ava will meet them there. Petrov will be the main focus of the reception. Mr. Chang, through the State Department, has requested that we attend this party to help check the security measures and offer any assistance we can to help the evening run smoothly. Donna, you, Nicole, Bruce, and Ava will fly by your plane to Maui tomorrow morning. The instructions are in here. You go to Mr. Chang's estate, he'll fill you in personally on the details. Sounds simple enough. Shane, you and Sandy stay here and watch the fort at the radio station. We'll stay in touch on the KSXY security phone line. Okay, everybody? Well, we've all got places to go. Dismissed. No bodyguards, Mr. Kane. Aren't you afraid I might try and kill you again? The knife seems so obvious. Wouldn't it be more of a challenge to use a salad fork? It doesn't matter what I use. I could kill you with my bare hands. True. And such lovely hands, too. You should have known I'd be wearing a vest. Your caution is legendary. It's a mistake I won't make twice. You are a legend yourself. A most dangerous assassin. Codenamed Blue Steel, isn't it? My former associate, Mr. Genghis Poe, hired you to kill me. Tell me, is he still masquerading as a red Chinese agent? When Poe stole the nuclear trigger control, known as the Kleistron Relay, he smuggled it out of red China and delivered it to you. You were to then peddle it to certain factions in the Middle East. That never happened. We were so close. Oh, it's priceless. The gyrocopter pilot, Raven, had the nuclear relay in his possession. It had been concealed in a fake green jade Buddha. I must leave you now. Raven had the device with him when he departed a small island in the South Pacific. He was to deliver it to me on my yacht. However, we underestimated the resourcefulness of a certain federal agent, Donna Hamilton. My relay. The nuclear relay was irretrievably lost. A most unfortunate episode. I formulated a rather complex plan of revenge. I was counting on Poe to send you to eliminate me. It now enables me to solicit your help. You want my help? Why should I help you? My plan will disrupt the American Secret Service in Hawaii. Humiliate what remains of Russian intelligence. And what's in it for me? Enormous financial gain is one of the side effects of the scheme. I will repay Poe for the lost device. You will repay Poe for failing to kill me. And 
what would you have me do, Mr. Kane? We will leave for Honolulu in two hours. From there, we will cruise to Maui on my yacht. That should give you ample time to read this. Oh, brother. So we got a recap of the last movie in this movie, yep. just to continue the plot line of this movie in case... You didn't see the last movie. This gives you everything you need to Pretty much. know. Yes. I got some uh, really sad news while we were playing that clip and I was almost falling asleep. I looked through the Sedaris filmography we have left. This is the exit for Donna Spears. This is the exit for Roberta Vasquez. And this is the exit for Cynthia Broomhall. But just take comfort in the fact that we will have Julie Strain for the rest of the movies, at least. All right. Well, that's nice, too, I guess. Uh <laughs> yeah, you'll have anyway. to find someone else to crush on besides Cynthia. Yeah, I guess. Well, Donna and Nicole, uh, Bruce and uh, Ava land, and the ladies change, so uh, thanks. Thanks, movie. Thank you. I like uh, the way that they did this here. Instead of us seeing things from an Erica Strata perspective where he's looking back as they're changing, we yeah. just happen to be in the changing room with them, and they don't even care that we're there watching them change. They're actually kind of into it. The way that That's they're performing right. it. So this feels much, much less gross to me. Much less like we're being really just fucking sickos, right? Right. Don't accost me by showing me what I am being like by drooling over these ladies as they change when you put <laughs> Erica Strata on screen. Don't do that to me, movie. That's just yeah, mean. Don't, don't make me feel like that. <laughs> I know I'm pathetic and all Estrada in that moment. You don't have to make me realize it. You don't you have to like fucking keep reminding me, jerks. <laughs> I mean, maybe I like to be shamed occasionally, but you know, don't shame I me mean, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not right now, not unless you ask, right? <laughs> right. I mean, the safe word for shaming is stop, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought that was your keep going phrase. <laughs> I'm so confused. I know. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, then Bruce checks in uh, with the new agent at the radio station, and she is, of course, topless when checking in. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so awesome. And then the new agent and Shane, they shoot cans again, much like the other new lady and Shane shot cans in the last movie. Right. Shane again can't hit shit. Right. And uh, she can, and she hits all the cans, and then Shane hits the tower, destroying the tower. That made me fucking laugh. Yeah. He's like, great, now I gotta go fix that. I'm like, well, you're a shitty shot, and you're shooting at things you shouldn't be shooting at in a direction that you should not be shooting. Go to a fucking range and learn how to fucking fire, you fucking idiot. Tell you one thing, you, just, you know, all you gotta be is white in America, and you can fail up. Interestingly that's, that's, enough, you don't even have to learn how to shoot anymore. There's a software company that is actually working on a gun that will calibrate itself and figure out how to adjust and aim for you so that you can do thousand yard shots without even trying. Yeah, that's not dangerous or nothing. We're fine. Everything's fine. But the the only, murder robots aren't coming yet. The, right? only, the only people that really can afford this type of weaponry right now are fucking rich ass trophy hunters that are going to be shooting them in a cage anyway. Oh, I fucking hate people. Yeah. I really hate people. But anyway, um, that's definitely the sort of thing that an Abilene should have. Yeah, an Abilene would, would have that. Yeah, well, uh, and they, so, they'd have to have it because they suck. I also yeah. wanted to point out, it's at this point in the movie, I start realizing that all of these movies that I thought I watched for the Andy Sedaris films in the past was just fit to kill. Oh, really? You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, because yeah, everything it, was just fit to kill. Right. Well, it features it features so much of the other movies that when I started seeing this stuff in the other movies, I thought, oh, yeah, I'd seen this before. Turns out, no, I just watched fit to kill a shitload. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, watch, you watch Fit to Kill a fucking lot. <laughs> right. It's, um, it's, if, I mean, I don't want to get too far into it, but it's definitely sort of like a pinnacle of these movies where he's been working on all these themes for a while and like really trying to hash out this kind of a story. And I think of all the earlier iterations that we've been complaining about in the last three films or so, I think it's perfected here because I have very few complaints about any of it that we've seen, even though we've seen it a ton before. And I think that might have something to do with it, that everything that I remember from this series of films I think comes from Fit to Kill basically it could be it's I mean it's a lot of the same stuff that's in all the other movies right and that's what I'm I'm starting to think that it is yeah. because like I remember things being the way that it is in Fit to Kill more than I remembered any of the other movies if you catch my what I'm saying yeah no I gotcha yeah um anyway so then so after all that malarkey um the group uh who is Donna Nicole and Bruce, they are going to go ahead and meet up with our their client, this Chang, and that is in our next clip. And Donna Hamilton, my colleagues, Nicole Justin and Bruce Christian. It's an honor to meet you, sir. The pleasure is mine. Please be seated. Thank you. I would like to say that I'm retiring next week from a life of hard work and service to my community. The event I have planned is of historical significance, another stitch in the weaving of international unity among the great powers of the world. If it is to be successful, I would need your help. We've been placed at your disposal, sir. What are your needs? Have you heard of the Alexa Diamond? It is one of the most exquisite stones in all the world. One of the few treasures of the Russian diamond mines in Siberia. It was discovered at the turn of the century. And in 1914, Baron Smilovich presented it to Tsarina Alexandra, hence the name Alexa. Leningrad was the city chosen to house the Alexa diamond after the fall of the Tsarist regime. 25 years later, World War II began. On September the 6th, 1941, Leningrad was attacked by a massive German force. The Russians stood their ground despite huge military losses. The Germans were slaughtering the Russians at a rate of 10 to 1. This went on for two years. Fighting was at close quarters, hand to hand. And during one intense attack, the Germans penetrated the heavily guarded museum area where the Alexa diamond was kept. A German general by the name of Heinrich Rohr personally went to the museum to take command of this priceless treasure. It was to be given to Hitler in celebration of victory on the Eastern Front. But victory was not to be. It was now February 1943. The German army had surrendered at Stalingrad. Hitler demanded that his troops gain victory or die. General Rohr was among the many generals who knew Hitler was militarily inept. They began plotting ways to eliminate him. Things went badly for the Germans in Leningrad. In January 1944, under freezing weather conditions, the Russian counterattack began. The Germans entered Leningrad, not as victors, but as prisoners. On July 20th, 1944, Hitler was trying in vain to stem the tide of defeat. A bomb was placed in his bunker in an attempt to kill him. Hitler managed to survive the explosion, and hundreds of officers were put on trial and put to death. General Rohr fled to Germany. He escaped to South America, where we met, and he entrusted me with the diamond before he died. Finally, he had escaped the purge of Hitler. She won. It's exquisite. 
Why are you coming forward now? I want to give this diamond to the Russian people in their hour of freedom. I'm grateful for your presence. If there are any other questions, uh, Shiwan will answer them for you. Do you have a guest list? Thanks. Anyone interesting? Martin Kane is on this list. Mr. Chang's business ventures have brought him into contact with all kinds of people. After all, Martin Kane is a major entrepreneur in this part of the world. Kane? That bastard tried to have us killed. I can't wait for a chance to meet him face to face. He won't be hard to find. The necklace that Silk gave him has a tracking device attached. All he has to do is wear it. We'll know precisely where he is. Okay. Right, really, so really, really bringing back all the other stories. They even have a little bit of a hint of what was going on with Savage Beach there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Uh, but we find out what this diamond, why it's so important. Uh, thanks for the history lesson. And um, I feel like Sedaris read another book on some of the war profiteering that went on in World War II on both the Japanese and the Germans and how they were trading shit back and forth uh, in the Axis powers, if you will. Yeah. And uh, when the Russians got dumped out of it, they started getting looted, too. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of this kind of makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> I can actually see all this being a real thing. <laughs> well, it, That's what I'm saying. It probably is something that actually happened that Sedaris patterned it after. Because the stuff that was happening in Savage Beach with the gold being yeah. there and it was abandoned and there was like some Ronin type soldier that didn't realize the war was over. I mean, that's all shit that has historical basis for it. Maybe not all on the same island, but there were, in fact, rogue soldiers that didn't realize World War II was over that were found in the Pacific Island islands occasionally and would like attack boats and then be all ronin and crazy and there are loots out there of from the germans and even i guess the japanese as well that are hidden in various spots that are still getting uncovered like wellsprings of art and family heirlooms and things like that are still popping up and hopefully being returned to the rightful heirs and owners yeah probably not so going to probably museums and shit well, if there's no one left, then museum, sure. But if it is possible that there's still someone in the family, it should go back to the family. It, it should, but... Doesn't always. Uh, yeah. Uh, then we cut to Blue and Kane. They're getting set to make a move on something. But Blue, he, Kane says Blue has to prove her loyalty to him. So then she visits that same doctor dude who was playing with the helicopter with the team earlier. And she's buying another remote control chopper from him. After a whole lot of double entendres, she finally pays him for it. I'm like, guys, fucker, don't already, but Jesus Christ. The thing about the double entendres, right? The other actresses, yeah. when they're doing these, you can tell they're bored and they fucking hate it and they don't think it's funny. But she's into it. Julie Strain is, that's her humor. That is the way she likes to joke. She loves sexual innuendos. Yeah. And she loves using her feminine wiles and her attractiveness to basically make things that ordinarily would make you groan and you wouldn't think are funny. She'll uh -huh. shift her body in a certain way and say a certain thing just right. And for some reason, when she does it, it makes it fucking funny and it makes it work. I don't know why. Probably because it really is her style of humor that she makes it work. But when like they were trying to do that with Donna, you could just tell Donna Spears like, oh, fuck this dialogue the whole time she's delivering those lines. You well, know? also, yeah, Donna, I just I don't know, man. 
<laughs> right. Donna as a character doesn't do innuendo and it just doesn't work. But like Julie Strain, when she's doing it, it totally fucking works. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you could tell she's not really interested in the guy. She's just trying to haggle for a better price. So she's letting him think that something's going to happen. And or, then she finally or she's just him. not even a better price. Cause it's not her money. She's just bored and probably just like, hey, at least this is a little bit of fun. Well, I have to buy a stupid fucking remote-controlled helicopter. That's probably more accurate, actually. That's probably a much better <laughs> description of what's going on here, where she's like, well, at least this guy's into what I got going on. Yeah, right. Uh, so then uh, he leaves, and she actually, they arm the helicopter, and then she uses it to kill the guy. Then she dries up and takes the money back. So you just pretty much got everything for free. <laughs> you tend to do that when you murder the person with which you have commerce, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, how America does things. So <laughs> Essentially. But she didn't, I mean, if she murdered him with one of the missiles, it's kind of amazing that the money didn't blow up with him. Yeah. Well, in, it's he didn't blow up either. His body was fine. It's almost like maybe the missile hit close and the concussion killed him. <laughs> and concussed money spends exactly the same, whereas a concussed yes. person just dies. That's right. So there you go. Uh so then um, we cut to Ava picking up the Russian delegates, and she really just America's everything up. She's just like, America's the best. America's great. Welcome to fucking America. I vomited so. like six or seven times during this. Same here. I was like, holy fuck, can you stop sucking the red, white, and blue off a little bit, please? So anyway, it's party time. And Kane's people, not Kane himself, but three people that, like, blue... Silk and then uh, his right hand man show up, and then afterwards, separately, Kane shows up. So Kane runs into Donna, and after some threatening back and forth, they of course dance, and everyone's kind of watching them, wondering what the fuck's going on. This felt like he finally achieved the James Bond esque type super spy shit that they've always wanted to do. It happens in this movie the cocktail party, the dancing, the intrigue where they hate each other, but they're being civil because they don't want to cause a scene and draw too much attention to themselves. And while and she, she can't prove anything, you know, so he has to be, you know, treated as a as an innocent person. So, right. All of this really worked well for me, which is why when I keep coming back to the love that I was showing for this series on all the other movies, and I was like, no, man, these get really, really great. I think yeah. it's all just because I watched Fit to Kill a lot. Yeah, and this this finally hit kind of what you were looking for as far as that, that those tense spy moments where the good guy and bad guy hang out and play cards or... You know, the, the, the good, you know, like Donna, uh, the good woman dances with the bad guy, you know, all that kind of shit. Or so, the bad guy's temporarily embarrassed and is playing cards to try and get funds back to be able to pay off of his debt so he doesn't die. And yeah. this super spy is trying to break him down so that they can change him and turn him into an asset like you've seen in Casino Royale or what have you. Exactly. Yeah, this feels like all of that. And actually what it feels a lot like with its sort of goofiness and having fun with it all is what Chuck would end up doing on TV years later without boobs. Yes, exactly. Or, well, with TV amount of boobs, if you will. Yeah. Sure. I never got into Chuck. It's okay. It's a decent yeah. enough show. It has some, it has some moments that are really really fun. His sister is super gorgeous. Oh well, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> then it's time for Chain for his retirement speech. And during all this, Blue goes upstairs, followed shortly by Kane. 
Blue goes up, flirts with the guard who's up there, and knocks him out. Which turned Donna, me on. Yes. Donna then starts following upstairs as well. Kane and Donna talk in a room, and he says he wants to go straight, but he needs some help. And he, he can't do it, like, just right away. She says that she could help him if he surrenders everything. Like, all the people he's ever worked with, all that kind of stuff. He then forces uh, kissing her, and while he's doing this, we see Blue taking a picture. Okay, he tackles her onto the bed, and then... Yeah. Moves in for a kiss, but he makes it look like it was an accident that he tackled her on the bed. It's I don't think that I don't think he made it look like an accident. He was forcing her down. It's a nineties really rapey. It's a nineties. Oops, I slipped. I fell. It's yeah, a, it's yeah, a very yeah. uh, Austin Powers. Oh, I fell over. Oh no, I fell over again. Right, and it's all so, set up for this very serious moment so that they can be yeah. laying on the bed, looking like they're romantically involved. But when you zoom in on the picture that she takes later on, Donna's clearly not having any of this. No, no, of course. Of course not. Donna doesn't want no part of this. And she pushes Kane off of her. And while it looks like Donna's getting ready to whoop his ass, she gets chloroformed by Blue. Then uh, Kane and Blue break into the safe, get the diamond, and drop it out of a window to Kane's secondhand man. And then he has Blue chloroform him so that he gets knocked out. And then those three actually leave the party. Silk the second right-hand man, and um, and Blue. And then right after that, Donna wakes up and announces that the diamond has been stolen. This is a really weird way of them trying to pull off this caper. Yeah. I don't think that they really thought through the plan on how it would work for the writing aspect of this movie. Well, I will say this. It would have worked if it weren't for Edie. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah. Well, okay, because uh, I'm getting into this. There's a whole ton of shit in here. Um, yeah, it's very dense in this sequence. Like all of this it's, stuff. This whole like, sequence is heavy. Yeah, it's heavy, the en- heavy. It's the entire plot of the film crisscrosses through this small one lane channel. And not only that, but like my clips, these are the the longest clips I've had. In the most clips I've had doing a Sedaris film, there's a lot of like when there is dialogue, it is very intricate and needed. Well, yeah, I'm not going to argue that at all, which is yeah. comes back to my whole hypothesis about apparently all I ever really watched was Fit to Kill. Exactly. Thinking that I watched all of these movies. <laughs> exactly. Um. Anyway, so then the secondhand man, he attaches the diamond to the mini chopper that they have. And it takes off. At the same time it's taken off, Bruce is outside and sees this. That the chopper, not the right-hand man. So then they go through the guest list. And they say the only people who left was this Duke. And Edie said she knows the Duke. And he was not there. So then they know somebody assumed an identity. Um, They get back to the boat and they land the chopper. And uh, then we cut to Lucas questions Kane. But Kane says the whole time he was with Donna. So there's no way he could be involved. So uh, now it's party time on the boat. Everyone's happy because they got the diamond. Uh, Kane and Silk decide to go back to a bedroom and go at it. And then um, Blue and uh, Captain Jake, uh, they are kind of just sitting there. And she, um, well, she kind of performs fellatio on a sink head. And then, and then they bone. And it is loud. She is, she is into it. 
I mean, it's the loudest stuff I've ever heard of a Sedaris film. Well, the interesting part about this, I do believe that Andy Sedaris just told her to seduce this guy. And that was all Julie Strange just improvising being sexy. Yeah. And I'm like, this woman is insane. That means she's good in bed. Like, that's that's basically like you could see the math adding up in this captain's head where he's like, she's really hot. And oh, my God, is she really fellatiating that faucet? (laughs) She did. She fellatiated the faucet fucking weird yeah, I, it was weird man <laughs> i don't know what it was but i was into it <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm like hey listen i'm not even judging you for being into it i'm just saying it was still weird <laughs> and then he gets like kind of violent and aggressive with his sexual overtures towards her yeah and that turns her on more and then she proceeds to basically put him in his place while they're doing it and I think her getting loud is all about being dominant on him and being like, this is my pleasure, not yours. Like the entire yeah. time, like it's literally her being like, you're doing this for me. This is not for you. <laughs> this is about me. This isn't about you. Get out. <laughs> right. And I just I, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just chuckling and having a good old time. And it's totally her just selling it. Like it's, it's all back to Julie Strain. And I think this yeah. just proves why I love her that much more. Why not? <laughs> so anyway, after all this is over. It's the next day, and, well, the two idiot hitmen are back again, and they're ogling the ladies, and they're meeting with Kane in our next clip. You are evil, sir. And you? Knievel, sir. Evil and Knievel? They're code names. Not our real names. Not our real names. Of course. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Yes, sir, it has. Yeah, we haven't been around. We've been in the state pen. Penn State? We've been at Penn State. Fresh out of college. Rah, rah. This is a photograph of Special Agent Lucas and Federal Agent Edie Stark. They are your targets. Wow, some target. We'll kill them. No problem. Now listen very carefully. You are to wait until they are alone. Do you understand? Alone. No other agents, no fishermen, no innocent bystanders, no animals. Alone. Then you kill them. It's as good as done, Mr. Kane. Say, that's a beautiful pendant, Mr. Kane. Why, thank you. It's a gift from Lady Silk. Whoops! Idiot! Give me that. Do you see what you've done? Jeez, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Kane. That's quite all right. What, are you both still here? Come on, let's go. Morons, morons, morons. Sir, why do you use those chimps? Their assaults are incredibly messy. They tend to distract my enemies. I think I should take this into town and have it repaired. No, my dear. Too dangerous. I'll send Captain Buck. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So we two idiots and now the tracker. The two idiots failed up and they actually are helping Kane out a little bit by having the tracker uh, not in his possession anymore. Um, These guys were even more offensively annoying than the last three times they've shown up in these movies. Yeah. Penn State. Rah, rah. 
The evil Knievel code names just makes my fucking yeah. head hurt. Oh, I hate them so bad. Like if the uh, intention of them to be on screen is to cause me physical pain, then it's yeah. working. I think I think that's why they're here. Okay, then it's working. Uh, well, Nicole and Bruce talk about Donna and how they believe her, but they're worried about her. And then, of course, they have sex. Of course. I mean, because that's what you do if you are Nicole and Bruce. Um, this is some idiot. pretty steamy sex. We need to talk about this, right? All right. All right. Let's go ahead, man. <laughs> Every fucking sex scene in this film thus far. It's steamy. Steamy. Steamy as shit. We are talking like soft core, late at night cable levels of pornography in this. Like the only thing it's really missing is the kind of thrusting that you would see on a Skinamax where they're simulating it without actually showing you the penetration. You know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. there's like it's yeah, yeah, pumpy, yeah. pumpy, pumpy, and it's all TVMA if you catch my drift, but there's not actual hardcore penetration, so it can still go on late night cable. Like Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing that is missing from this because there's a lot of scenes where the ladies are on top and they're going after the guys in all of these sex scenes that are way more erotic to me than actual penetration shots in some of the movies that I've seen before in the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, this, this is probably the most erotic of the Sedaris films we've seen so far. Yeah, so all my memories- Without a doubt. All my memories yeah. are all just watching Fit to Kill, I guess. I think so. I think really think it is. The more <laughs> we talk about it, the more I'm starting to think you just saw Fit to Kill a lot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's that I necessarily saw Fit to Kill a lot, but I think I saw Fit to Kill and automatically retconned all the other movies to be as awesome as Fit to Kill. Oh, uh, there that could be too. Uh, so then we cut to the two idiots by a remote-controlled motorcycle, and that was just a painful scene to watch. And xenophobic and just fucking dumb. Yes, all of that. I'm not even going to go into it anymore because it's supposed to be comic relief, but it's not. It's not comic relief. All it does is no. give me fucking heartburn worse than the bacon-wrapped shrimp that I ate tonight. Yes. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, Donna and Nicole and Bruce, they talk about Kane and what seems to be happening. Then Shane calls them and tells them about how they found the doctor dead. And Bruce states he know he saw one of the doc's choppers take off at the party. Um, then we see Kane's necklace is on the move. Donna will continue watching the boat while the other two go ahead and track the necklace. As uh, Kane's right-hand man is walking into the jewelry store, uh, he walks right ahead into a robbery. Uh, the robbers go ahead, they take the necklace from him, and uh, they go ahead and they shoot a guy there, and they escape, and they head back to their hideout. And then one goes out for a beer run. Padding. Yes, padding. Lots of padding. All the stuff with the jewelry store robbery, even though there's some gunshots and craziness, it's padding. Like, the the whole yeah. entire sequence, those guys running off to a place in the middle of nowhere, all because they needed to stretch the running time out a little bit, because there's no other reason for any of this. No, not at all. So then, as Donna is watching Kane, she sees that he's not wearing his necklace. Um, so then Edie and Lucas are having a beach day and have somewhat of a photo shoot, which is not half bad. Um, that so photo the, shoot can be seen on many adult websites, by the way. Yes. Of oh, just, I'm just sure. her posing like that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Not that's, at all. That's, Once again, that's very erotic, very much like one of those like Playboy video type things that you would have seen um, where she's doing the posing and moving her hair around. And, you know, she's supposed to be doing this photo shoot thing, but it's clearly that she is just trying to present her body to the video camera that is filming her as she moves to seduce us, the viewer. Yes. Exactly. But um, it works. Then the two. Yeah. 
totally works. Uh, and then the two idiots show up. They instead got a race car instead of the remote control bike they were going to go with. And they're going to set it with a bomb and kill Lucas and Edie. But they didn't listen. And there are two other people there who are fiddling with a radio. And that radio sends a signal back to the car, which sends it right back to the guys. And it blows them up in a tent. They still live. But they're in the tent when it blows up. All of this was completely fucking stupid, and it draws all the way back to when they tried to kill them when they were in the Acme hovercraft thing. Yeah. Well, it's I think Sedaris thought at this point in his movies, he's like, um, I want uh you know, I want some comic relief in here, and this is what it's supposed to be. The thing that's really frustrating about it is everything else in this film has worked and rather well. Yeah. For a Sedaris film, this is the pinnacle. This is like the best that we've gotten of all of the Sedaris films so far. And then this comic relief stuff comes in and then the robbery stuff comes in and it just drags it back down to where you're like, Oh my god, can we just move on? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not needed. It's ugh, just doesn't do anything for the movie. Um, doesn't, you know, it's not even a little bit funny. It's not even stupid funny. Right. We could have had all of the ladies sitting around in a fucking hot tub talking about what they're going to do now that the tracker has disappeared or something yeah. like that. We could have had the jewelry heist and whole, all of that, but we didn't need whole, this assassination shit at all. No, no, not anymore. So then uh, Nicole and Bruce, they track through the jewelry thieves and they get in a shootout with them killing them and they find Kane's necklace. I love this shit where they kill the guys, they find Kane's necklace, they're getting ready to leave and the dumbass on a beer run comes back. They yeah. blow up the fucking doom buggy. Doom no, buggy yeah, the and hut. all. They blow up everything. So they were going to call the cops for the evidence of the robbery and just take the necklace. That was their plan. But then yeah. they blow it all up and then they celebrate like they've done something awesome and amazing. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we took the law into our own hands. Right. And they Fuck destroyed process. all that fucking evidence. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like super frustrated and then I just kind of have to laugh. Just remember, due process isn't a thing. Well, no, not if they work for the United States government. I don't think due no. process ever was a fucking thing unless you had the money to buy it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a fact. Um, Donna is taken prisoner as she's kind of tracking Kane's boat. And Kane's boat is raided at the same time. Blue turns on Kane and kills his right-hand man. And then Kane comes face-to-face with Poe and that is our next clip. Why, my dear Poe, what's the occasion? Good afternoon, Mr. Kane. I've looked forward to meeting you face to face for a long time. I assume this is a lovely silk you've told me so much about? Yes, a trifle impulsive, but a delightful girl, nevertheless. May I see the diamond? Clearly your famous intelligence and expertise does not extend to the field of jewelry. A fake. Good, but definitely not the real thing. It was all some sort of setup. You must have known I was wearing a bulletproof vest when you came to my room in Las Vegas. Your caution is infamous. Mia has brought a surprise. Donna Hamilton. You just can't stay away, can you? I'm getting really sick of you, Mr. Kane. Donna Hamilton. Great prize indeed. My mother always thought so. This does save us the trouble of picking you up. She's no trouble to pick up. You run! <clears throat> Tie them up. 
Jeez, even when facing death, Kane is going to be a sexist pig. Yeah, he is what he is. He is, he is what he is. You know, let's let him go. He's <laughs> At least just, he's not running for president. He's a fucking villain. So if a villain is yeah. a sexist piece of shit, they're a villain. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So our president's a villain. And uh, <laughs> Well, duh. When has the president not been? Yeah, exactly. Um, Ava then updates Nicole and Bruce about Kane's boat and like that it's heading off right now. So then she starts uh, uh, a broadcast, and Ava does, and she is attacked. And her Russian friend defends her and beats the shit out of a guy driving his attacker away. So then Ava and the Russian bone while she takes calls. Yeah, weird. Yeah, but hey, you know what? Multitasking, it's an important thing. Um, Yeah, the Ava stuff probably could have been excised out of this movie, too. I don't think we needed any of this. I don't know. Her naked's all right i mean ava naked is incredible don't get me wrong yeah. but the whole sequence with her and the russians and everything just felt like padding uh, it was i mean as much as i like this movie it's it's about 35 to 40 percent padding which is still about 50 percent less than what we've gotten in the last three or four films. that's true that's true uh so then uh we cut to donna and kane talking in captivity in our next clip do you know where they're taking us to the estate of Chang, I'd imagine, to get the real diamond. They set you up to steal a fake. Chang gets to make his gesture without actually giving up the real diamond. I see where it's all headed now. It's actually quite brilliant. I get killed resisting arrest. They never find the diamond. The diamond then goes to my former partner, Poe. What's more, they embarrass the Russians and humiliate the American Secret Service. The Secret Service has been humiliated enough for one week. Why are you so interested in the diamond? Do you remember the name of the German officer who stole the diamond from Stalingrad? Or wasn't it? That's right. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, Miss Hamilton? Little. Roar is German for walking stick. Kane. Kane, he was your father. My father met Chang in South America. Chang was an exiled Chinese warlord. My father, an exiled German officer. They became friends. My father made the mistake of confiding in Chang about the fabulous diamond he had stolen from the Russians. Chang murdered my father and mother and stole the diamond. So you wanted revenge on Chang? That's all I've ever wanted. Chang is rich and powerful. I had to become rich and powerful. It would seem, however, that was all for nothing. Donna, if we're going to survive, we're going to have to aid one another. They're trying to make him do a face turn. I I think so, but I think they're teasing like a tweener almost. Like he's not a good guy. It just he also hates a, another bad guy. Yeah, they're trying to fucking face turn him, but he's tweening it. Yeah, he's gonna tweener. He's gonna be a tweener. So, uh, anyway, so then uh, the we find out we see uh, Ava's in a hot tub while the Russian dude's worshiping her feet, and then his assistant comes in. 
and his assistant has like his ass beaten, and we find out the Russians set up the fight just so he get with Donna, which she seems relatively charmed by, even though she's also a little pissed about it. Yes, yeah, she's a little pissed, but she's more charmed than pissed because he really so, wanted to be with her and he wanted her to see him as a badass. She, so he said, yeah, all and this she up. was like, she was like, no, she likes bad boys because she was like, she doesn't like the diplomats, <laughs> right? And this whole thing is still getting sex by a de- by a deception so yeah that's rape yeah pretty much so anyway that's a rape that's what raping is um so then we see uh donna it's like a dream sequence donna's dancing around kane he's watching they have sex and we do see kane's daydreaming all this what a bizarre sequence that doesn't feel like padding compared to the other stuff but was really sort of artsy and weird and i don't know it felt like donna spear wanted to do something a little bit different than what she'd been given in the past so this whole sequence was there to make her happy because she's given like this like ballroom dancing kind of routine to do It it was very classy yeah, and even the sex scene here, even though it's Kane's imagination, you know, Donna Spears is selling it, and it was quite erotic. Once again, very, very erotic for sex scenes in this film. Yeah, well, not bad. Uh, <laughs> very nice, though. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're very right. After the boat lands, we see Donna actually makes a grab for the fake diamond. So she takes it out of the box, and it's now in her boot. They meet with Chang, and that is our final clip. Ah, great boat. I see you bring gifts to trade. <laughs> Greetings, Chang. Nehoma. You have the diamond as arranged. <laughs> of course, and... After our business is concluded, you and Miss Hamilton will be returned to your yacht to die. <laughs> I knew you were the son of Heinrich Rohr the first moment I laid my eyes on you. I have something for you to look at. Uh, she won. You missed your calling. You should have been a photographer. Why, thank you. Can you see the headlines? Federal agent and notorious arms dealer found dead on luxury yacht Love Nest. <laughs> Apparently, you killed each other over the diamond. Finally, I will be rid of you, Kane. I only regret that I overlooked you when I killed your parents. <laughs> My only satisfaction is I see you die a fool. This man is a former associate of mine, a smuggler and an arms dealer. He's no more an emissary of the Chinese government than I am. The ravings of a condemned man carry no truth. You have seen my credentials. I've seen them too. Exquisite forgeries, really. Made in Hong Kong, I believe. Think about it, Mr. Chang. Would red Chinese agents on a covert mission in the United States Run around with red stars on their uniform? Wow. Yep. And so then uh, Poe and his men open up fire, killing Chain in his. Um, uh, but then, just as they, uh, it looks like it's over, uh, Bruce and Nicole show up and they start shooting. Donna and Kane are able to beat the shit out of some other folks and get away. Donna then switches diamonds and puts the fake diamond in the box and takes the real diamond and puts it in her boot. Or another section where a lot of shit's packed in here, uh, much like the party. Yeah, um, but it's just mostly action sequences. Yeah. This time around. Yes, exactly. Then Poe grabs the diamonds box and he runs away with Blue. 
Um, Bruce is shooting guys. They get back to the boat, and Blue is going to fly the chopper while Poe drives the the yacht. So uh, Kane and grabs Silk, and they run. They get stopped by another woman assassin, but Nicole is able to beat the shit out of her. And then right before uh, Silk leaves, she gives the necklace to her. Uh, Nicole and Donna meet up, and Donna shows that she has the real diamond. They uh, are then chased by the chopper that's blowing shit up everywhere. But Lucas is flying their chopper, and he intercepts. Lucas blows up the enemy chopper. Um, Blue is pissed and takes out a gun and starts shooting and hits Lucas. Edie covers him. Literally, he asks her to cover her, and she jumps on top of him. See, that was funny. I thought that was funny. I'm not a fan of the bimbo humor, but I get it. Yeah. You know what, though? That's at least better than the two idiots, you know? Right. It's at least funny, and Cynthia Broomhall delivers her style of of innocence and naivety very well. Yeah, she acts way better, you know, than than the other two guys. That's just cringy. It might also be because she's so fucking hot, we're willing to forgive just about anything, too. That could be as well true, but I still think it's better than what those guys do. No, she definitely delivers it better, and it, it has nothing to do with the fact that she's super hot. It just doesn't hurt that she's super hot, either. Yeah, exactly. Then Donna gets control of their team chopper, and she uh, gets it and blows up the yacht, killing Blue and Poe. As far as we um, know. As far as we know. Then we cut to Ava dropping the Russian off, and she gives the diamond to the Russian. Uh, Donna and Nicole talk about Kane, and Donna's like, oh, he keeps... Donna brings up how he said he wanted to go straight, and then Kane sends her a picture of them kissing. Which is him sexually assaulting her more than anything. Yes, Exactly. Uh, we see Kane and Silk are on a raft, and they talk about how he lost everything, but she'll stay with him, uh, but not really. Uh, she's like, you know, just call me when you've got your, all your stuff back. Uh, we end with a, all the team in a jacuzzi. It's a jacuzzi toast. Roll credits. A fully clothed team in a jacuzzi. Yes, I know. That was uh, well, a bummer. Well, bikinis but, and oh, stuff, well. yeah. But whatever. You know what, though? There was still more nudity in this one than in a lot of the other ones and, that we just watched. And sex scenes that were extremely, extremely erotic yes. and, and well-defined. Yes. Plus, Julie Strange shows up all six foot one inch of her. That's a tall woman. And she's worth the climb. Yeah. I fucking love Fit to Kill. I've been trying to just hold it back and not talk about it. But Fit to Kill, this is my pinnacle. This is I said pinnacle, and I mean it. This is probably my favorite out of all of them and it turns out the one that i've watched the most without realizing it yeah so far (laughs) this is my favorite as well yeah the close second is going to be hard ticket to hawaii because there's so much craziness in that that i absolutely love it as well but fit to kill i i believe is going to be the pinnacle and we may have a bit of a downhill slog from here yeah it's unfortunate that this wasn't like the last one to kind of give us a that good thing you know so but it is what it is. Well, this is going to be the exit, as we talked about, for a lot of the actresses that have been carrying the films thus far. Even though we were both not huge fans of a lot of them, we still like we're saying, hey, we at least have Roberta Vasquez yeah. and uh, Donna Spear and Edie, yeah. which is Cynthia Broomhall. And I'm kind of wondering where we're going to go from here. But the question is, Matt, is Julie Strain enough to keep you entertained and enjoying the movies from this point forward? Or will she not be? And will that end the show? Because I will kick you off of it no no uh i i if she comes with this kind of same fire and excitement and uh you know gusto i i don't think 
you know, I'm still looking forward to seeing what, what she's got left in these movies. <laughs> and also, you got to do this podcast because it's your one release valve. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It is. It's true. But I mean, if this time around, it, I don't mind it because, I mean, yeah, okay, we lose ZD. We lose a lot of the other ones, but it's still... uh it's it's still good. I'm it's gonna be fine. I'm very interested into seeing where it's gonna go from here because, like I said, everything that I remember with Julie Strain and Andy Sedaris wise, I'm apparently just thinking of this movie. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be amazing because if all of them leave after this, it is going to be a fucking. It's it's gonna be a, a big overhaul. Are they just gonna have like? Uh, is there gonna be the character Donalds to be there, just a different actress, or are they just gonna overhaul the whole team? Yeah, I mean, how is that gonna end up being and unfolding? But uh, this film is definitely. An excellent swan song for both Vasquez and Spears to to exit on, as well as Broomhall as well. Although Cynthia Broomhall was grossly underused in this film. Yes. Yes, she was. But uh, again, a, a fitting send off for everybody. You know, uh, and again, our favorite film. So it's going to be really interesting to see where they go from here. Although we still have some uh, appearance of at least one particular uh, human being that will probably get you excited for the films again coming up in the future. Yeah. And I won't tell you because I don't want to spoil it for you because you're yeah, watching these relatively blind. Yeah, don't spoil this because I don't know what the heck's going on here. Yeah. So This film is definitely a fun watch. There's so much to just sit back and enjoy. I personally would fast forward through a lot of the jewelry heist stuff myself. But all the- I, it was just a way to get the tracker. I, and I don't just think it's it's it was padding. Part of it probably was. But I think it's a way to get was to get the tracker off Kane so that the team had to separate. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a forced story point, but I'm fine with it now. I'm I'm really it's the only thing I really have to complain about. I mean those those even those two guys that were super annoying aren't even that long to make it super annoying. Yeah. Like those are the only two complaints that I have is that I didn't like the jewelry heist side plot with the necklace that splits up the team. But they always have to split up the team and then have them come together to oh, save if the, the day. teams all together. They'll win instantly. So you got to have something you know, some, something to divert the force a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to, to weaken them up a bit so that you know the the bad guys can somewhat get the upper hand. The only thing that I can think of off the top of my head, there's another movie that involves Julie Strain fighting in a one piece quote unquote bathing suits is one of those wraparounds that just reveals everything. Yeah. And it's like got an American flag print on it. And I remember really loving that when I saw it as a kid. So I don't know which movie that is in the future, but that's coming up soon. I remember that. And I know that's one of these. Yeah. Nice. That That's awesome, though. <laughs> uh, I can't. I, yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes from here. I mean, I don't have a whole hell of a lot to say. I mean, all the all the good things that I had to say, I kind of just couldn't hold in. I mean, we, we kind of did it throughout the, the whole episode about how much we like this movie. So. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely, this is number one for me. If somebody wants to see an Andy Sedaris film for the first time, this is the one to show them. I would suggest this one, and it gives you all the backstory, too, throughout the whole thing. So Yeah, it's a good litmus test, which we've kind of been talking about, because it features all of the things, and I think they perfected it all here. So it's like, this would be the film where it'd be like, okay, if you can dig this, if you can get behind all of this stuff, then you're going to have a fun with, I'd say, about 75 to 85% of the other Sedaris movies. If you can't get behind Fit to Kill, and you can't get behind Hard Ticket to Hawaii, maybe Andy Sedaris films aren't for you. Yeah, that... 
is a strong possibility. <laughs> so those are the two litmus tests, which is why they're my number one and two, because I think they are pretty much the most well done of all the Ferris films that we've covered so far. And they're certainly my favorites, and I find the most entertaining and the ones that I would definitely watch. I agree. Several times. Clearly, I've watched Fit to Kill way more than I'd like to admit at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So but I don't blame you. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. We're going to take a break here. We'll have the promo for Corrupted Youth because they're getting that big podcast push that I like yeah. to do. We'll come back. We'll have a little bit of PSYOP news and then we'll close out this fucking show. Taste colors beyond any known spectrum as bonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness. Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockier of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle. Miami Sky. It's some more of that free synthwave stuff that I like to use that I've found online. Nice. Yeah, I really gets dig in, it. Gets me into the time. It definitely. It definitely feels like a Miami Vice type music. So calling it Miami Sky really does work, and I think that fits in rather well with Fit to Kill. Yeah, I think so. That that definitely fits in. Hopefully, it will work with whatever you fit in with our news. This one comes from our own court psyop. <laughs> Posted this one uh, from NBC News. Meth Gators. Tennessee police warned flushing drugs could create hyper-aggressive alligators. I mean, so bath police- salts will do it. I, I know that from testing. Right? Uh, wait, what? Nothing. Okay. You're, you know you're not supposed to do that. Old cops uh, are bumbling dummies. And believe everything you, know, you sell them. 
That's all right. Uh, a police department in Loretto, Tennessee, is asking residents to refrain from flushing drugs such as methamphetamine down the toilet to prevent meth gators. You want to do a little uh, ass play? What you guys need to do instead of flushing that drugs is do them really quick so the police yeah. won't get them. Uh, in the Facebook post, the Loretto Police Department wrote that on Saturday, officers executed a search warrant on a home and discovered the occupant trying to flush meth and drug paraphernalia down his toilet. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Although the suspect was unsuccessful, the officers used the incident to remind residents of the harm drugs can cause to the environment. To hell with the quoted, police. Quoted as saying, folks, please don't flush your drugs, okay? Our sewers, uh, our sewer guys take great pride in releasing water that is cleaner than what is in the creek. But they're not really prepared for meth, the post read. Ducks, geese, and other fowl frequent our treatment ponds, and we shudder to think what will happen uh, all hyped up on what, what one all hyped up on meth would do. I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. The post warns that meth could make its way into Shoal Creek, down the Tennessee River, in North Alabama, and into the bodies of alligators. Old Furthermore, cops are bumbling dummies. Furthermore, if it made it far enough, we could create meth gators in Shoal Creek and Tennessee River, down in North Alabama, police wrote. America is a bunch of cunts. They've had enough methed up animals the past few weeks without our help. Mostly so because if you I need put to my dis- penis inside of you bareback. So if you need to dispose of your drugs, just give us a call and we'll make sure they're disposed of in the proper way. No one's buying this. Oh. What the fuck are you talking about? Now, this is an NWA moment of fuck the police. <laughs> I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. They're not going to help you dispose no. of your drugs properly. They're just going to fucking arrest you and put you in jail because that's all cops are good for. Uh, but Kent Villett, an alligator biologist and the coordinator of laboratories in the Department of Biology at the University of Florida, said he has never once heard of an alligator on meth. He states he has worked with alligators for 40 years and he can generally can answer any question someone gives him about the alligators. This one's throwing him for a loop, however. Come in Villet- to me! Villet, who is not a veterinarian, said in a study he participated in, in which gators were dosed with antibiotics, the animals had to be injected with the medication rather than orally fed the drug to see in a sustained effect. I would guess they might, uh, they might be affected by it, but they tend not to react to drugs in the same way we do. I don't know if it would take a little or a lot to get an alligator to do something on meth, Villette said. I think it's a ridiculous notion. If you flush meth, it's going to be diluted. Villette added that people who are not familiar with gators tend to over-exaggerate their dangers, adding that a reptile does not seek out humans to harm or eat. And I'm going to fuck it to death. The Facebook post mentions of methed up animals in Alabama may have been a reference to a caged attack squirrel who is believed to have been given methamphetamine to keep it aggressive. Wow. The alleged methed up attack squirrel was discovered during execution of a search warrant on a suspect believed to have possessed controlled substances. In other horse sex news. However, officials in the area said there was no safe way to test the squirrel for meth. Christ, let's go lick some assholes. Oh, you're not so supposed to do go. that now. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't. Don't, don't. don't, don't lick assholes right now. That That's how you get covid all right let me get this straight matt yeah cops lied in order to make it easier for them to bust people for drugs so that they could get an easier conviction to put them in jail to fuel the corporate backed for-profit prison system that's in america i mean if you're gonna say it all in a matter of fact and with all the facts presented to us like that yeah (laughs) 
This is so weird. Like, cops lie all the time to ensnare stupid people so they don't have to work hard? It's not even just stupid people. They're ensnaring just people who have a trust in the police because you're raised to trust the police. (laughs) That's not being stupid. That's unfortunately just being kind. I need to get that Ash quote of the you two learned a very valuable lesson. Cops don't (laughs) help ever. Yeah, cops don't help. Ever. Nice. Now I got a clip. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> it's not far off. <laughs> All right. We're going to make this a shorter episode this week because uh, I got nothing left and it's time to close it out. <laughs> it's time to close it out, my man. All right. We're going to play the ending Legion promo. We'll have a little bit of darkened synthwave type music. And I think this is actually influenced somehow by Shin Godzilla. At least that's what the person who posted it said. So mm. <laughs> that's nothing, well, there you go. Has nothing to do with fit to kill, but I'm on a Godzilla kick. So here we go. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. that has to do with the influence for Shin Godzilla although it does kind of match some of what the score was going for so maybe they were trying to replicate that feel I don't know yeah kind of <laughs> seemed that way oh you've actually seen Shin Godzilla no I said it seemed that way uh well it seemed that way for a lot of the uh, Godzilla movies I've seen I don't think I've ever seen that one huh. but it seems like music that would be in a Godzilla movie well sure if I wouldn't have said anything do you think you still would have thought that could have been in a Godzilla movie maybe not just Godzilla but a horror movie <laughs> Definitely a horror movie. Big monsters smashing shit. <laughs>
Yeah, why not? Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to squeeze in all the Godzilla movies one last go around before I get killed by COVID in some way, shape, or form. So I made it through all of the Showa era, which is the original era, and I'm working my way through the Heisei era, which is the second era, like late 80s, early 90s. And there's yeah. very few films in that era, so I'm moving my way up, and I'm, I'm almost there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I try to watch them on the weekends whenever I got some time or, you know, at night, you know, right before. Before I fall asleep, I'll watch some of them. But mostly, I don't know if I'm going to make it because it's like 60-some-odd goddamn movies at least, and that's just the Japanese-made ones. That is a lot. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a shitload of them, man. (laughs) I guess, jeez. Speaking of things that have a shitload, this show, there's 257 now and counting weeks of Cinema Psyops. The best place to get a hold of all of that crazy audio slash goodness slash badness slash stuff exists. <laughs> That's Good our stuff. landing and launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. If you're in denial about whether or not this podcast exists, another place to check out to see if it does is our Facebook group, which is called Cinema Psyops. And why on earth would anyone make a fucking Cinema Psyops Facebook group if Cinema Psyops, a podcast, didn't exist? Why would anyone do such madness? I don't I don't know. What's, what's with that madness? <laughs> well, you can find both Matt and myself on Facebook. I am Court Psyops, and he is Matt Psyop, although he's hardly ever, if ever, on there. And occasionally he'll be on Messenger every now and then if you're looking to book him. But as he has stated, he's got a lot of problems right now, folks. So give him some leeway. I got a lot of shit going on in my life right now. And none of it's good. It's all bad. It's all all bad, bad shit. If you'd like to email Matt some bad shit, you can send him feedback to psyopmatt at gmail.com. You can also yeah, right. you can also email me some good shit. I'm cinemasyopscourt yeah. at gmail.com. Matt would like Woo. you to send him the best shit, but that you'll have oh. to PM him for a mailbox to send it to. Only the bestest of shit. The highest quality of shit. The highest quality of shits. <laughs> now I think you're just a fecophiliac. <laughs> you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shit fest that knows more about fecophiliacs than you that is Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. Both of our cultures have been canceled for thinking bad about someone else's kink. Yes. Yeah, we can't. We don't want to be called out for that. However, you can call me out for my pervy ways on the gram of Insta, cinema underscore psyops, where all I follow there are alternative models of some sort, way, or form. God, I think that's all Instagram is for sometimes. Either that or driving me to your personal is my girl or OnlyFans page. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 Something for everyone there. <laughs> Which I'm considering getting an OnlyFans page that is linked to just a shot of nothing but fans. <laughs> just a dad joke, somebody that might click on it. But That'd I don't. Be great. I don't know how well that'll work out, and it's kind of lame now that I mentioned it. And now nobody's going to check out Cinema Underscore Psyops. Everyone's going to uh, look at Cinema Underscore Dash Psyops. Everyone. I would hope so. Check us out. We're not exactly influencers, but we're there and we exist. And there's lots of cute photos of my cats on there. There's all sorts of memes that I've repurposed for our people. We may not be influencers, but I take a lot of influencers. Well, we may not be influencers, but we are constantly under the influence of something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and while you're out there fighting off the meth gators yourself under the influence of whatever weird shit you're doing, kick the fuck out of those gators and this week and make it your bitch.
Hey, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. You set up to record? Yeah. Hold on here. One, two, three. Recording. Can you do the count for me one more time? One, two, three. Thank you. Yep. Like I, now that now, do you think that mantle fells to Gal Gadot because of her doing the the Wonder Woman and being like really good at Wonder Woman? You know? Uh, no, I really don't. No. Just because she is playing Wonder Woman doesn't mean that she fits in with Damn, everything else with that type. And all of the women that they end up putting in, even the comic books, as supposed to be Amazonians that go along with Wonder Woman, do not fit with that particular definition to me. I gotcha. They, they don't. I was just they're, just strong, they're just strong warrior women. I was just asking because Wonder Woman ended up being something like the only DC comic book movie that people were like, actually did well. <laughs> With Ava Cadell, drive-in movie critic's breast, actress of the year. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, breast actress. You know who breast the drive-in action. movie critic they're talking about is? Uh, who? Joe Bob, dude. That He used to it, give away awards for breast actresses. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Good job. Yeah, and he's literally the only drive-in movie critic. Yeah, so. Nobody else would have called themselves that. That's got to yeah, be Joe Bob. That would have to be Joe Bob. Yeah. And I know that he gave away Breast Actress Awards. That was the thing that he did. Then you would definitely give it out for this movie. I mean, yeah. Pretty much any Andy Sedaris movie is a award-winning breast actress. Especially in Joe Bob's eyes. <laughs> well, and, and mine, because a lot of influence yeah, I mean, going I mean, on there. I, how about any sane heterosexual male would see it like that? Any sane human being that is attracted to females. The female body. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Obviously. Yes. Because, you know, we're a safe space. Uh, <laughs> we're a progressive show for morons. And you're rattling creaky ass every time you move even an inch chair. I know. I gotta get a new fucking chair. <laughs> right. It's part of the show now, apparently. Uh, apparently it is. Yeah. They're given a thong made out of chains. Yeah. And then, like, these pasties that have a chain going between them. And somehow that gives them plus 30, you know, armor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, give me one second, dude. I'm switching out my chair because this is really annoying me anyway. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, sorry about that. Typically, I wouldn't even care. Like, I never even notice it until now we start doing the show. And now I'm, like, hearing the whole fucking thing every time I even just move a muscle. So I was trying to look up the info on the Lethal Ladies franchise uh-huh. for Andy Sedaris. And if you search Lethal Ladies and franchise, we're the top hit. Really? Yeah. Like we're the first thing on all of the Google for that search, <laughs> including our YouTube stuff that has the Lethal Ladies and all of that. That's fucking awesome. Right? So anybody <laughs> goes looking for Andy Sedaris films on Blu-ray right now, they're going to find gonna us. Fu- they're start finding Cine PsyOps. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'm glad to see that you notice women solely upon the size of their breasts. I'm just telling you how I'm surprised you can't tell any women apart. So, I mean, I don't know what your, what all blondes look alike to you. Uh, yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like face blind for blonde women, man. Like I just, it just doesn't, doesn't register. Like the first one that I can recognize and pick out of a group is Donna Spears. That's pretty much it. They all just look like the question to you from DC comics, just blank face. (laughs) Well, all I see is like blonde hair and I'm automatically repelled. I'm like, no! Then we cut back and we see um, uh, <laughs> we see the new lady uh, at the radio station. She's stretching, doing some yoga. Uh, she's firing her gun and she's pretty much doing everything topless. So thanks, movie. Uh, There's a weird couple scenes here. Uh, yeah, um, Julie Strain's... Uh, 
nude yoga thing that she's about to do, or mostly nude yoga, is pretty fucking incredible, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Julie Strain. That was Blue doing all that. Not the lady from... I, I should have... Yeah, I want you to go back more. and fix that. Yeah. The... Uh, and Blue is now hopped onto the boat. So she has infiltrated the boat. Or not the boat. They're not in the boat. They're in a hotel room. But she's infiltrated the building. This is the exit for Donna Spears. This is the exit for Roberta Vasquez. And this is the exit for Cynthia Broomhall. God damn. What's this next one going to be like? Um, I will say this. The next two, I think, are the ones that his kid directed, and then he just wrote and executive produced. And yeah. then, like, I think we have two left after that, and I think he came back for, like, the last two. And that is in our next clip. My colleagues, Nicole Justin and Bruce Christian. It's an honor to meet you, sir. The pleasure is mine. Three minutes, 45 seconds? Jesus Christ, man. I would like to say Sorry. that I'm retiring <laughs> next week from a life There's a lot of, of story here. service to my community. <laughs> Uh, in the 90s, this might have been something that you could probably believe in just a little bit more. Because... Uh, yeah, it was before the internet was big. So, you know, you didn't really know America's history. Right. You and... just knew what you were taught. Right. And, and we were always the good guys. Right. Whatever you were taught by history is tantamount to propaganda by the time that we got through school and the 90s hit because they really changed a bunch of stuff and made it seem like America wasn't as bad as it really was. Uh, I mean, listen, I remember my history classes. One paragraph on slavery before the brave union destroyed it. Uh, and one short little paragraph on the Trail of Tears. And I'm not even sure it was a full paragraph on the Trail of Tears. I learned a lot more about that later on. So, you know, and then also, like, you learned about Martin Luther King, but you didn't really learn about the civil strife going on at the time. You find that out later. So, yeah, you think America is just all fucking chuckle butt and shit. Your school actually gave you a paragraph on the Trail of Tears? Yeah. one, I, I, And I said, if a paragraph, it might have been less. It wasn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it definitely did not go into what it entailed. Yeah. Our our education system is a fucking joke. Everything about it's, it's, this country is a fucking joke. It's an indoctrination if you really look at it. No, that's all it is. It's all been yeah. geared that way since Reagan. But we're not on the psychosomatic yeah, path, yeah, so yeah, let's yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just want to remind you that you still yeah, haven't yeah. gotten back to the schedule. I still have to get back, yeah. He thinks you hate him. No, I don't hate him. I'm just, I got a lot of shit going on. Uh, I got a lot of personal fucking problems. <laughs> we know. We've seen your feed. It's true. Oh, God. Okay. They're meeting with Kane in our next clip. You are evil, sir. And you? Knievel, sir. Evil and Knievel. They're code names. Not our real names. Grown. Not our real names. <laughs>
the fuck out of those gators and this week and make it your bitch. I didn't have anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was anything else to have. I'm like, this is painful. This needs to end like now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. All right. You can go ahead and stop on your side. And done. <laughs>